so much. Amen. For leading us into the presence of the Lord today. Amen. Open your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, to the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. We, um, we, we, are, we are continuing in our preaching and teaching and ministering through the Gospel of Mark. We've been in and out of it lately with, um, with the, uh, the, the close down through the winter months there and and um, uh, special services that we've had. So, but we're back in there today. We'll try to stay there for a while if we can, as long as the Lord will allow us. We're studying the life of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospel of Mark. And so in the 11th chapter of Mark, I'm going to read some verses of Scripture today, beginning with verse 11, Mark chapter number 11, and verse 11. All right? Says this. Are you there? You got it? Either on your Bible or your cell phone or whatever. And they've got it up there on the screen. Mark chapter 11, verse 11. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around on all things. You know, Jesus is in his church and he's looking around on everything. And he went into the temple and he looked around at all things. And as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig, a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs, which means they had not, it was, was not the season for them to be totally, completely ripe. But there should have been figs there because on the fig tree, the figs come forth before the leaves. So the leaves were declaring. I have figs. But when he got there, he found nothing. And in response, he said, Jesus said to the fig tree, heard R.W. Schambach years ago preached a message, the man who talked to trees. Jesus said to the fig tree, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now jump down with me to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Hallelujah. I want to share with you what the Lord's laid upon my heart today. I've, I've struggled with this message for several days. I've been, I began working on it on Thursday. I told somebody uh, yesterday, I believe, I said, you know, there are times when you're preparing a message and, man, it just, it just all falls into place and flows. 
But man, there's those other times, and you all that preach or teach know what I'm talking about, that it's just, it's just, it's just you know, you, you do a lot of digging to try to get it. It just seems like you, you, you're trying to get it all together. But I feel that I have what the Lord would have me to share with you today. But I want to use for my text this morning from that 13th verse, that when Jesus came to it, he found nothing but Leaves. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here to worship you. We ask for your anointing upon, upon the preaching of the word and upon this message and upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Jesus, as you will go read this entire chapter, but uh, you'll find that Jesus had made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. We had Palm Sunday service here at the church with just myself, my wife, and our worship team. Amen. We were on the lockdown and people watched from online and we had our pomp. We had, we had about 10, I think we had about 10 people in attendance that day and we had all had our palm branches waving them and just went ahead and had church anyhow. Amen. But um, Jesus uh, had, had entered into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry of the Lord. On, uh, that began his Passion Week. And as he goes, comes into the city of Jerusalem, the Scripture said that he went into the temple and he looked around to see what was going on in the temple. And then being late in the evening, he returned back to Bethany with his disciples and spent the night there in Bethany. It's an amazing thing when you study the Word of God that you'll find that on all the occasions Jesus visited Jerusalem that he never spent a night in the city of Jerusalem. He always went out to the Mount of Olives or to Bethany or somewhere else to spend the night. Whether that has any significance, I don't know, but I just thought I'd just throw that out there. It didn't cost any extra. All right? But then on Monday, he's coming out of Bethany to return to Jerusalem, and the Bible says that, that he was hungry, showing the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was totally God, and he was totally man. And he looks and he sees in a distance a fig tree that is in full leaf, but, uh, he, but, but the scripture says that it had no figs. It says that when he got there, he was expecting to find some figs there to, to satisfy his hunger. So he goes to the fig tree, and when he gets to the fig tree, he finds nothing but leaves. This tree basically was doing nothing but taking up space there. It was actually bearing no fruit whatsoever. And so Jesus, in response to the fruitless fig tree, he spoke to that tree and he said, let no one, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And so what we see here is a response to Jesus, but it's a rebuke of Jesus for the unfruitfulness or to the unfruitfulness of that fig tree. I believe one of the things that Jesus was saying here among many, which we'll hopefully get into, but one of the things that, that Jesus is, is, is doing here is giving an interpretation of what happened on the day before, on the triumphant entry. There was a big to-do. We all know on Palm Sunday when Jesus came into Jerusalem uh, riding on that, on that 
colt, on that donkey. There was a, uh, there was a big to-do in the city that day. I mean, they all lined the streets. The people were praising him. They all had their palm branches, and they were waving their palm branches, and they were all crying, Hosanna to the king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they were all shouting his praises and worshiping him. But you know what? This same group on Sunday that was shouting praises to the Lord, by Friday they would be crying out, crucify him. They were crying, Lord, save now, which is, that is what Hosanna means. Come now and save us, our king. Set up your kingdom now. Come and defeat our enemies. Come and save us from the iron heel of the Roman oppression that we are under. That's what they were crying out. That was what they expected their Messiah to do was to come and to deliver them from the tyranny and from the bondage of Rome. And that's what they were crying out for Jesus to do on that Palm Sunday. These people wanted Christ. Listen to me now. They wanted a Christ of their own making. They wanted a warrior deliverer to come in and to defeat Rome and to set up an earthly kingdom and to, to bring them into that, to that kingdom age and make them all wealthy and well. And that's what they wanted to do, but that wasn't what Jesus came to do at that particular time. You know, I think that that's probably the ailment, one of the ailments of the 21st century church today and of many Christians today is that we want a Jesus of our own making. Can somebody say amen? We want a Jesus that will fit into our mold and into our desires and into our lifestyles rather than a Jesus that will mold our lifestyles and our desires into what he wants and desires us to be. I think that that's where we as Christians need to be is surrendering ourselves to the Lord and placing ourselves in his hands and, um, and, and, and letting, him, letting him mold us into what he wants us to be. So when Jesus rebukes this fig tree, I think he was just, one of the things he was doing was expressing that that is what happened on that Palm Sunday. They were all there looking real religious and they were all there giving praise and hosanna to the king and they were all there with an outward show but really on the inside they were nothing but leaves and there wasn't the real fruit of the spirit that needed to be there in their lives can I get an amen today you know, you know, Jesus, and, and I, I want to I look at this this morning because what Jesus did when he comes to this fig tree, the lesson that he gives when he curses this fig tree, we see, we see first of all that Jesus comes to examine us. I don't know that we really like to hear that, but nevertheless, it's the truth. Jesus comes to examine us, and when Jesus examines us, and I'm talking about his church, and I'm talking about his people, Jesus examines us, and he's looking for something. 
We read in the text in verse 11 how that Jesus came into the temple that day before he departed that evening and he went in the temple and he looked around to see what was going on. Here he comes to a fig tree that's bearing leaves and the fig tree is saying, I have figs. The fig tree is saying, I am alive. The fig tree is saying, I can satisfy your hunger. The fig tree is saying, I've got what you need. But yet when Jesus Jesus got there, it was all pretense. There was not what he was looking for. He didn't find it. Amen? So he cursed the fig tree, and this is really the only, I think, I, I, I could be corrected, but I think the only actual destructive miracle that we see in the life and the ministry of Jesus. I mean, Jesus is always healing, and Jesus is always blessing, and Jesus is always restoring, but here he places a curse upon this fig tree. Now, this was a picture of Israel. Jesus was giving a metaphor here and was giving a picture of Israel. It was a picture of what was soon going to happen to the nation of Israel. In the other, in the other gospels we read, and you all are familiar with the passages in Matthew and the other gospels where Jesus is recorded as, uh, as weeping over the city of Jerusalem. How he looked at the city from the Mount of Olives and he said to them, Oh, Jerusalem, he said, Oh, how often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. He called them. He was wanting to heal them. He was wanting to restore them. He was wanting Jerusalem to accept him and the Israelites, the Jews, to accept him and be the nation and be the people that God desired for them to be. He wanted them to be fruitful. He wanted them to be fruitful. But he said, your house has been left to you, is left to you desolate because you knew not the day of your visitation. I, I read those words and it grips my heart when I think God is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today in America in that same place. Do we not realize the time that we're in? Do we not understand the day of our visitation? And so Jesus was, was giving a metaphor here, an example of this, of, this, of this fig tree being Israel. It had leaves. It had all the outward trappings of religion. It had the temple. It had the sacrifices. They had the priesthood. They had everything, and they were waving their leaves, and they appeared religious on the outside, but Jesus doesn't want religion on the outside. He wants fruit on the inside. Amen? And so in the cursing of this tree, no man eat fruit for, for, from you forever. And the tree the next day, they noticed that Peter brought it to the attention of the Lord that it was dried up. It was withered away. It was dried up from the roots. A picture of what was going to happen to the nation of Israel because they did not know the day of their visitation. In AD 70, the Romans would come in. They would destroy the temple. They would destroy the city of Jerusalem. And they would scatter the Jews across the world for over 1,900 years until they were finally brought back and reestablished as a nation in 1948. 
But God had chosen Israel to bear fruit for him. God had chosen Israel, and I dealt with some of this a couple of weeks ago when I talked to you about the impeachment of America. God had chosen them to be a vehicle of his glory. Are you listening to me? And to declare him, to declare God to the nations to carry the word of God to the nations to be that example. But Israel failed miserably in what God had called them to do. Jesus comes to his own and he finds the fig tree empty for three and a half years of his ministry. He finds Israel not bearing the fruit. He finds them in the place where they're just outward show and they're just religion and they're just leaves but there's no fruit. They're taking up space as a nation. The temple is there, everything, but they have nothing but leaves. They are not fruitful for God. The fruit as I said, grows on the fig tree before the leaves come on. So this fig tree having leaves promised something that it did not have. The leaves promised the fruit, but there was none. Israel had all the signs of spiritual life, all the outward uh, uh, signs of spiritual life, but no fruit. They looked alive, but they were spiritually barren, religious, but only a form of godliness but denying and not having the power thereof and as I I look at this I look at this I think is this the modern church today Is this the modern church when Paul said himself that in the last days that would be one of the things, one of the characteristics in the last days of the the apostate church, of the last day church, is that they would have a form of godliness. They would be waving their leaves but denying the power thereof. I read to him this morning a a quote from A.W. Tozer um, how that he said made the statement I probably can't remember verbatim now but he said if the Holy Spirit were taken out of the church the modern church could go ahead and continue to operate and do most of what they're doing and, and never miss a beat if the Holy Spirit was removed because everything is so mechanical and so outward. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, we can't exist without the Holy Spirit. We can't make it without the power of the Holy Spirit in our church and in our lives. We can have all the outward show, but Jesus is examining us today and he's saying you have leaves, but do you have any figs amen praise God listen when I'm preparing these messages I'm praying all the time saying Lord won't you let me preach something that'll get them shouting does every message have to be corrective does every message have to be drawing us closer I think in these last days I really believe in these last days yeah it does For 30, 40 years, all we've done is shout about the blessings of God. And I'm all about the blessings of God. I'm all about that. He is a God that blesses. But God, Jesus, is examining us today. And he's looking at his church and he's saying, you've got the leaves, but I want to see something else. I want to see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
When Jesus examines us, does he find fruit? And he expects to. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus in that sermon on the mount, we're very familiar with these verses. He, He said in verse 16 of Matthew 7, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit shall you know them. I just get so sick and tired of hearing this, this, don't you judge me. You're judging me. You're not to judge people. I'm not judging the intents of any heart here today, but I can tell you this. Jesus said that we're to be looking for fruit, and I can judge in a, between the difference in a good tree and a bad tree. I can tell the difference in a corrupt tree and a fruitful tree. Is anybody here today? I can tell the difference in a godly life and an ungodly life. I can tell the difference today in somebody that's born again and somebody that's not born again again because there will be fruit that will come forth in that life. Amen. So Jesus is examining us. Jesus is looking for fruit. Amen. The test of reality in our relationship with God is not the leaves, ladies and gentlemen, but it's the fruit, a genuine experience with Christ. See, when people look at our life, is there any evidence that we are truly saved? That is what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for evidence that we have truly had an experience in a relationship with God. Not that just what we say, but what we possess not just waving our leaves but having the figs come on amen has there been a change in that life see there are multitudes today in churches all over this nation that are going through the motions that have a lot of leaves but they don't have any fruit Ah, there's many today that will say well I am a church member I belong to certain certain such and such a church or they will call a denomination like well I'm assembly of God or I'm Pentecostal church of God or I'm a Baptist or I am a Lutheran or I am a Catholic you know what that is that ain't nothing but leaves ladies and gentlemen I said that ain't nothing but leaves I belong to Abundant Life Family Church I'm a card carrying member of Abundant Life Family Church that ain't nothing but leaves cause that that membership not gonna get you through those pearly gates that membership of that church is not gonna get you uh, give you a, a pass in the rapture of the church it's nothing but leaves oh yeah but brother Ricky I carry a Bible with me to church I don't just read mine on my digital device I carry a Bible. I've got one laying on my coffee table. I've got one laying on the dashboard of my car. I got a G honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker on the back of my car. I've got a fish with a cross stuck 
work on my pickup truck. That ain't nothing but leaves, ladies and gentlemen. I said, that ain't nothing but leaves. Are you hearing me? He's not looking for your bumper sticker. He's not looking for you just carrying a Bible. He wants to know how much you're living what's in that Bible. He's looking for figs. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah, amen. He's looking for figs. There's a lot of churches just like that fig tree in America today, professing Christians that are taking up space, professing something, waving leaves. Jesus examines them, and there's no fruit in their life. What are you talking about, fruit? Fruitfulness, being fruitful for God. Philippians 1 and 11 talks about, Paul said this, that we are to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Fruits of righteousness. Do you know what that is? Can I be just, you know, see, I don't have no theological degree, so I just have to be plain and simple. Fruits of righteousness mean that you're bearing bearing the fruit of a righteous, godly, holy, clean, pure life. Is that all right? Fruits of righteousness. Fruits of righteousness is the fruit of right living. It's the fruit of living right. Amen. We've been created in righteousness and true holiness. When we got born again, that's what the Bible says, um, that we're filled with his goodness, with righteousness and truth, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, well, so, so the fruits of righteousness are it's right living. It's the fruit of a godly life that's produced in the life of an individual that's been born again and that has Jesus living in them. You cannot produce righteous fruits or a righteous life without Christ producing it in you. That's what the born again experience is. If any man, if any person be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And Jesus is parting the leaves today and examining the tree today. And he's saying, I need some figs today. I need to see some fruits of righteousness in your life. Hallelujah. My, feel the Holy Spirit today. Hey, we'll shout here before it's over. So it's fruits of righteousness in Philippians chapter 4. Paul spoke of the giving. I can't get stuck here. The giving of the, of the Philippian believers to his ministry. He said there was more than one occasion that he said, you all sent offerings to me and gave to the ministry. And he said this. He said, not that I desired an offering. He, he wasn't, <laughs> he, oh, help me, Jesus. He wasn't on the radio or on TV begging for money. He, 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 he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, 
trying to force people to give. He said, not that I desired an offering, but he said, what I desired was fruit that would abound to your account. He said their giving, oh, glory to God, their giving was fruitfulness from their life that would abound to their account. What does that mean, their account? Do you know you've got an account in heaven? And, and, and as you are faithful to the Lord in your giving uh, to the work of God, and I thank you again for your faithfulness to this church and to giving to the work of the Lord, but as you give to the work of God with your tithe, with your offerings, giving alms to help the poor, everything that you do give, do you know, my Lord, do you know that that is treasure laid up in your account in heaven? And Paul said to that Philippian church that this is fruit. Your giving is fruit that will abound to your account. Do you know? He said, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. What's he talking about? There's, oh, when you come to the house of God and the worship team starts to sing and the music starts to play and you stand up on your feet and nobody has to pump and nobody has to prime and the preacher don't have to plead but you're up and you're singing and you've got your hands up and you're saying I love you Jesus thank you for your death on the cross I praise your name Jesus I worship you Jesus amen you know what you're doing there's some figs coming out I said it's more than just leaves there's some fruit that's coming forth the, the fruit of your lips that is giving thanks and praise to his name but not just when you're in church because anybody can do it when you're in church but it's through the week when the enemy comes in and the devil's tormenting you and a sickness hits your body and the bills are not being paid and everything's falling apart and your family's unsaved and, and you don't know what you're going to do there's some figs in your life that'll lift up your hands in the midst of a storm and offer the sacrifice of praise to the Lord. Woo, hallelujah, amen. Jesus, I said he's looking for fruit. When everything falls apart, is it negativity and complaining and woe is me and gloom, despair? Agony on me. Oh. Huh? No, praise God. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Amen. Woo, when Paul and Silas was put in that Philippian jail and their backs were whipped and their backs were bleeding and they were put in the stocks and locked up in that prison and it was midnight, I'm telling you what, they found that the Lord was looking there. He was examining that tree and you know what he found? He found more than leaves. He found two Pentecostal preachers that in the midnight hour began 
to praise and sing praises to Almighty God. Hallelujah. In the midnight hour, can you still offer the fruit of your lips praise to his name? Amen. Hallelujah. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit This is the fruit that Jesus is looking for in your life and mine. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and Self-control. I hope I'm preaching to some folks today that's got some figs. Come on, amen? You know, the time of figs may not be yet. What I'm talking about there is the full growth and full development of all of those nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. I don't believe there's anybody in this church today or anybody in any church that is fully developed in those. But I'm telling you what, whether they're in the, whether they're in the little stages or whatever, I've got a walnut tree in my backyard. Somebody can have if you want to come and cut it down. But anyway, uh, it's starting to, there's some little bitty, from, from the very beginning, you know, when they first started leafing out, the wind would blow and there's a little bitty old, little bitty old walnuts that had been falling off of there. And I'm praying, God, God, I'm praying that you'll shrink those things and keep them that little. Amen. But, but, but they're a little bitty. They're not fully developed yet. They're on the tree. It lets me know there's more than leaves. It lets me know it's bearing fruit. It lets me know that it's fruitful, but it's not fully developed. Listen, I'm not fully developed in the love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, self-control, and all that. But he's still working on me, and he's still working on you, and the fruit will be there even though it's in the bud form. It will develop as long as you keep walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lusts and the desires of the flesh. Woo, I just feel plum Holy Ghost this morning. (laughs) Amen? That's the fruit that Jesus is looking for. Go with me to Luke chapter chapter 13. I'm not going to get done, but I never do. Luke chapter 13. I'm going to read from verse, beginning with verse 6. It's a parable that Jesus gives. And he says this. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came, what, was he, what did he come doing? Seeking fruit on it. He's examining it, seeking fruit, but he found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I'm finding 
none. Been looking for fruit on this fig tree for three, three years. He's been examining it for three years and finding nothing. Notice the next three words. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? It's wasting space in my vineyard. Get rid of it. I've given it ample time. And it's not doing anything. Boy, it got quiet all of a sudden. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Look at verse 8. But he answered, this keeper of the vineyard, who I believe is Jesus. <laughs> he answered and said to him, the owner of the vineyard, which is God the Father. He said, sir, let it alone this year also. Could he be talking about 2020? Let it alone this year also. Until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit then, well, that's great. But if not, in other words, I'm going to give this tree another opportunity. If it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. And I'm going to tell you, I know this is not popular, but there does come a time when the Lord says, that's it, that's it. I'm done with you. I believe this literally, Jesus was literally speaking this to Israel. It was a parable to them again as the fig tree, letting them know that for three years, how long was Jesus' earthly ministry? Three, three and a half years. For three years of his earthly ministry, his, he was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And for three years, he ministered in their presence and there wasn't any more fruit. There wasn't anything left. God said, cut it down. But the Lord said, give them one more chance. Give them one more opportunity. Let's fertilize. Let's dig around it. Let's put some fertilizer on it. Let's water it some more and see if it'll bring forth fruit, which I believe was Pentecost in the early church because the early church was made up of, beginning with, only Jews, basically mainly Jews. Uh, Peter preached in Jerusalem. They were given another opportunity. But... That's Israel, and it applies to them, but I believe that it applies to the church. Because God is the owner of the vineyard, Jesus is the vine dresser, and the church is that vineyard. And for three years, the owner looking for fruit and finds none, and he says, it's no profit, it's taking up space, just remove it, cut it down. And you know what? I wonder how many times 
Oh, help me, Jesus. I wonder how many times Jesus sitting there at the right hand of the Father has interceded for his bride, for his church, when God said they're not doing what they're supposed to do, what they've been called to do. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna remove them. And how many times Jesus has looked at the Father and said, give them one more year. Give them one more opportunity. Let's fertilize it. Let's dig around it. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? The plea is given. One more year. Give them one more year. One more opportunity to bear fruit. And if he doesn't, then you can cut it down. Listen, I really believe this. I, I feel this in my spirit, ladies and gentlemen. You can take it from what it's worth, but I wouldn't just say this to be saying it. I feel the Holy Ghost has dropped this in my heart that Jesus Christ is giving the lukewarm church space to repent, space to to make things right is 2020 that year that he's digging around us that he's fertilizing us that he's pruning us that he's calling us that he's convicting us are we listening to what is happening in our midst today many are not I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I know sometimes people think I come off that way. No, I've got a burden from the Lord on my heart for the church and for believers today. He said, dig around it. Why? Because the soil's hard. The heart is hard. So much hard-heartedness within the body of Christ. The Word of God can't penetrate. The Holy Ghost can't move in people's life because of their hardness. He said, let's break up that fallow ground. Let's dig around that tree. And then he said, fertilize it. That's the new King James, fertilize it. The King James says, dung it. Do we have to give a definition of what dung is? Does anybody not know what D-U-N-G dung is? It's manure. So what they used for fertilizer was manure. Anybody ever used any manure? Brother Larry probably knows a little bit about manure. Brother David knows something about manure. But manure, I don't know what all they fertilize with it, but they use manure for fertilizer. At least they used to. I guess they still do. I don't know. But put manure around. Dig it. Dig that hardness up and put manure around it. Not pleasant. It smells. It stinks. It's an unpleasant situation. But God, God is willing to let us go through some digging and some manuring and some stench and some unpleasant circumstances if there's a possibility that he can get some figs out of that tree. Is anybody hearing me? Give it one more year. Maybe 2020 is the year of manure. This year has stunk. 
This year smells. This year has been some digging and some manuring and some hard times and some bad times. Come on, somebody. God is saying, I'm going to let you go through some of these stinking times, some of these nasty times, and see if it will waken you and bring you to your senses and let you know that you need me because you not have the fruit in your life that you need to have. My Lord, help us, Jesus. He desires us to have that fruit And he's calling us today. That lukewarm church, he said, unless that lukewarm church repents, which is the characteristic of the church in this last day that we're living in, the apostate church, the church that's rich financially, and God's bringing that thing down. So he's bringing that thing down. Oh, we're rich. We got everything we need. We're mega, 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 mega. But we need Jesus. They had riches and they had beautiful buildings and they had all of the all the leaves waving. The Laodicean church was waving all the leaves. They had big bank accounts. They had everything they thought they needed. And they said, We don't do that. We don't need anything else. Can't you see? We're waving our leaves. But Jesus said, I've got up in them leaves, and I ain't seeing no figs, and you're lukewarm. And if you don't re- I'll spit you out. I'll cut you down. You are just taking up space. I don't want to just take up space in the kingdom of God. I want to be fruitful in the kingdom of God for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord spoke to us. The Holy Spirit spoke to us already about falling asleep. Oh, help us. See, this lesson this morning is on being what Jesus desires us to be. As I already said, none of us are, are completely what we ought to be. None of us. We all fail. We must have his help. Thank God he's working on us. He desires that fruit, and he's working on us. He's giving the church, time, and space to produce. There have been some prophecies that have dreams and prophecies that have come from some reputable um, ministers that are predicting Rough times ahead. I've preached to you all back in January before any of this happened to prepare for persecution. It was coming. And at that time, we could had no idea. We could not see it. But it's here. The governor, I mentioned this, Newsom, Governor Nuisance in California. Churches cannot sing. That's his mandate. Cannot chant, he said, or in other words, you can't pray, you can't praise. You know what? I I pray that never happens in Missouri or in St. Francis County. But you know what I'm going to do? 
You know what I'm going to do? If they say you can't sing, I'm going to put the worship team up there and I'm going to, I'm going to have them to sing. What's that song that says? Sing a little louder. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. I can't sing, but that's what we're going to sing. If they say you can't sing, we're going to get up and raise a hallelujah and sing in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. We'll be a Shadrach, a Meshach, a Bendigo, a Daniel, that even when the writing is signed, we'll still praise our God. Hallelujah. Woo. Amen. Amen. We got to have more than leaves. Told you I wasn't near done. Neither was Jesus. He cursed the fig tree, goes into the temple. He ain't done yet. He's going to show in the temple what he just spoke to the fig tree. He walks in there and they're having a big, you know, Yard sale. <laughs> Praise God. They got, you know, it's Passover time. People coming from all over. They can't bring, the, a lot of them can't bring an animal for sacrifice. So they have to purchase one when they get to Jerusalem for their sacrifice. But, you know, instead of setting up some pens outside for them to buy the sacrifices, they brought the oxen and the cows and, and the sheep and the goats and the doves. They've brought it all into the temple. They've brought all that mess in to the temple. Are you listening to me? And they're having a big bazaar, and they're cheating people. Uh, someone may bring a lamb with them, but the priest examines it and says, no, that one won't do. you got to buy one of ours. Then the price is hocked up. Cheating people. Hey, preachers, these preachers doing that all the time. Come on, somebody. And, and they're hiking the price up. There's money changers there because they have to pay a temple tax and they can't pay the temple tax with strange currency. They have to exchange their currency for the Jewish currency. And there's a 15 to 25% surcharge on the exchange. People's lining their pockets and getting rich. And Jesus looked it over the night before and he thought about it all night. And he goes back the next day after he cursed the fig tree and he said, drives them out and says, get them animals out of here. Get that mess out of here. This house is the house of God. Get the uncleanness out. Get the impurity out. This is the house of God. A house of prayer. And you've made it a den of thieves. He purified and cleansed the temple. For the second time. He did it at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry. And at the beginning of the church age, he cleansed the house of God at Pentecost. And at the end of the church age, we're long overdue for another cleansing, for another cleaning. The house of God, the church of God, your temple is the, your, your body is the temple of God. God is looking for a clean church. He's coming for a church that is holy, spotless, without spot or wrinkle. 
house cleaning time. It's fruit bearing time for the church. He examines us. He's looking for fruit. Worship team, you can start making your way back. And then when, when they came back, was it that evening? And Peter calls to mind when he sees that fig tree withered. He says, look, Lord, that fig tree you cursed withered from the root. See, see, it's a root problem. If there's no fruit, problem in the root. And he says, what was Jesus' response when Peter called him? You know what he said? Have faith in God. You see, and here's what I want to close with today. I want to try to get you on an up note. I, 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 my intention's not to bring you down, but my intention in this message, and I believe the intention of the Holy Spirit is to wake us up. To get us to look at our lives and examine ourselves because Jesus is examining us. And he said, have faith in God. Do you, Do you know what the answer is to unfruitfulness in your life? Do you know what the answer is to a powerless, barren life? And the answer to to a life of no victory, to a a life that, that is in and out and has no stability or no strength? A life that, 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 that only waves its leaves on Sunday every once in a while but then has no fruit bearing through the week. You know what the answer to that is? Have faith in God. You know what the answer to that is? Is getting your faith in the right object, in the correct object. It's not faith in your faith. It's not faith in a church. It's not faith in a creed. It's not faith in a denomination, but it's faith in God. It's faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified and raised from the dead. It's faith in His blood. It's faith in His promises because I'm telling you, He goes on to talk about that mountain moving faith that'll move mountains out of your way. If you speak to the mountain and say, be gone and be cast into the sea, that mountain moving faith, that faith in God. I don't care what your hindrance is. It doesn't matter what it is that's causing you to be unfruitful Christian. But God said, if you'll put your faith in him and his word, he'll move the mountain, the obstacle, the hindrance out of your way. Woo! They'll watch, they'll watch this. I've, I'm done. I've, I'm killed Kilt. Now it's all coming back to me. That's why I quit using this mic before. Intermission. Praise God. Listen, okay. Listen. Spain. 
in Jesus Christ, in God Almighty, that will move that mountain, that hindrance of whatever it is that's holding you back from being a fruitful child of God. Do you believe that today? Do you believe it? Let's stand today. Have faith in God. Speak to that mountain. Move that mountain.